Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Summer Heat Wave presented by Brodo Fantasy. This is where we take a look at all 32 teams in the NFL during the month of August. Before we begin, patreon.com slash Fantasy is the website if you want to support the show. Some extras you can get on Patreon. You get an extra waiver wire show every single week. Access to the Brodo Leagues. Does your league suck? Well, this definitely will not. You will be in a league with other Brodo community members. You get access to the Discord so you can talk your stuff with them. Also, there's a tier where we will follow you on Twitter so you can DM us so the rest of your league can't see the advice we're giving you. Please visit BrotoFantasy.com. That is a one-stop shop for everything Brodo Fantasy. It features our exclusive stat, true throw value and true target value, plus rankings from fantasy pro experts Michael, Jason, and Tim Petrop. Waiver wires, start sit advice, everything you need is at BrotoFantasy.com. Make sure to follow us on Twitter for up-to-the-minute TD updates on game day and up-to-the-minute start sit decisions. And, of course, YouTube.com slash BrotoFantasy to see our lovely faces. So without any further ado, let's get it started. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Summer Heat Wave. I am your host, Tim Petrop, here with my brothers, Mike Petrop. And Jason Petrop. We are excited. This is the first episode of the Summer Heat Wave, and we are coming at you right off the bat with a guy that everyone thought was going to be great and a team that everyone thought was going to be great. But now all of a sudden, we have some worries about them. The team is still going to be great. Uh, We'll see. I'm I'm talking about fantasy-wise. Remember, this is a fantasy football show. BrotoFantasy.com for all your fantasy leads. Get started right away. We're looking at the Chargers in this first ever episode. Let's start with the offensive outlook. So for the offensive outlook, we're going to be looking at the coaching staff and what the coaching staff can bring. Head coach, Anthony Lynn. He's been the head coach for a while now, so we know what's coming. Ken Wisenhunt is the offensive coordinator. He's been in place since 2016. So there's nothing about this offense that's going to really surprise you about the Chargers. We know what's coming, and we're really we're pretty geared up to know what the Chargers are going to bring this year. Yeah, uh, expect the same out of the Chargers. A strong running game, a strong passing game, a strong passing game to the running backs, which is something that is very effective in fantasy. Jason tweeted the other day about running backs basically being a wide receiver one overall combined receiving wise so yeah I think the biggest travesty in all of fantasy sports is that people ignore the Chargers running backs catching abilities we talk about the Chiefs we talk about the Patriots we talk about even Theo Riddick he was released but his days on the Lions he was a very big passing threat Naheem Hines but no one talks about the Chargers last year if you combine Melvin Gordon Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson's um receptions you come up with 104 receptions for 1,029 yards and seven touchdowns. That's you got a Robert solid, Woods, basically. Solid wide receiver, yeah. too. Robert Woods, light. maybe low end wide receiver one. So now that we know what the offense is giving us, let's get into these position breakdowns. Let's start with running back because that's the one that we're all going to want to talk about. Melvin Gordon. The holdout is happening right now. He's been one of the best fantasy players in the land. Third most touches of all players in the last three seasons. And in a place where opportunity is king, Melvin Gordon is king. Uh, Second straight year last year, 50 receptions. Only played in 12 games, too. So his reception numbers were on pace to be higher than his ever career totals. If he signs in, he's locked and loaded as an RB1. So let's say he signs up. Let's start with that. What do you see for Melvin Gordon this season? 
Oh, I mean, you know I'm a big Melvin Gordon supporter. If the Chargers sign him, which they might come to terms, they're looking at 10 to $11 million per year. So I don't think that... Melgo has to drop down his request a little bit, but I think they can come to terms. It's a little more than Lev Bell gets per year. Uh, he wants Melgo wants more, which is a little crazy yeah. in my thought. But I mean, he's a jack of all trades. He's gonna get his rushing numbers aren't gonna be rushing leader worthy. He's gonna get a, a thousand yards on the season, but when you get five hundred receiving yards, you get touchdowns on the rushing ground and re- through the air. Melgo's gonna be a locked and loaded RB one. All right, so let's pretend that Melvin Gordon goes the Le'Veon Bell route and decides to miss games. You got Austin Eckler. You got Josh Jackson. Michael, I'm going to swing Justin it to you. Jackson. On, Justin Jackson, I'm sorry. I'm going to swing it to you, Michael. Which one of these backs do you prefer, and what kind of outlook are you looking at if they're the two main backs this season? So I'm not as uh, sold on Melgo returning as Jason is. He could return after the first eight weeks, I believe, and still become a free agent at the end of the season. So, And I don't see the Chargers budging. I, I, I'm sorry I just got PTSD to the Lev Bell conversations we were having last year. <laughs> Honestly, like, this is the exact same scenario. But this is even worse for Melgo because he's already the sixth highest paid running back in the league. And, yes, he scores a lot of touchdowns, but that that is his buoy, the touchdown scoring. And running backs could score touchdowns without being that great of a running back. They were 4-0 last year without him. Three out of four years in the league, he had another four yards per carry. He, it's not like he's like this super extraordinary running back, so I don't know if they're going to budge. So I think Austin Eckler is a huge steal in drafts right now. Yes, He's the only running back in the league to have over five yards per carry and 10 yards per reception over the last two years. And everyone's like, oh, Justin Jackson is going to be the early down guy. Just because Eckler struggled a bit when it was his uh, chance last season to be the lead back. But that's a very small sample. It was two or three games. And Austin Eckler has shown that he could be super explosive. And even if, yes, they're going to split some work. But Eckler should easily get at least 60% of the touches. If you told me that Jackson was going to get 180 carries and Eckler was going to get 140, I'd still take Eckler before Jackson. Yeah, because he's going to get all the pass catching work and he's a ridiculously great pass catcher out of the backfield. And Phillip Rivers loves throwing to his running backs, as Jason just mentioned with the over 1,000 yards receiving. So I think Eckler is a huge steal where he's going in drafts right now. His ADP is skyrocketing, obviously, with this news. But like I got him in the ninth round in the Scott Fish Bowl, which is fire. a steal and a half, yes. I think. Because he has standalone value even without yes. Melvin Gordon. He play. had over 800 yards and uh, five or six touchdowns, I believe, last year. So, yeah, sign me up for Austin Eckler. Yeah, I mean, and you got to also remember that this team passes to the running back like crazy. So even if Josh Jackson does get that work, it will be Austin Eckler. But I think both of them are ownable if – you are talking about a team without Melvin Gordon because they're going to go to their running backs. That's a stone-cold fact. So I, I really think that both of these guys should be rostered without a doubt and probably started week to week. Agreed. I think Eckler, if Mel goes out, will be ranked in the running back 12 to 15 range every week, whereas Jackson will see in the 20 to 24 range. Let's move on to the wide receivers now that we've talked about that. Let's start with the biggest wide receiver on the team. Not the biggest in stature, not really the biggest in height. Um, <laughs> Keenan Allen, right now going at the top of the third round, which in my opinion is an ADP steal. But you got to think about this. Inconsistent last season. Outside of one six-week stretch where he was really dominant, he was up and down. Finished as the wide receiver 44 or lower six times last year. Finished 13 or better six times last year. So... You're getting a guy who, when he's dominant, goes on very dominant hot streaks, but does have the ability to shit your team sometimes. Uh, what do you expect out of out of my man Keenan Those Allen? Those numbers don't uh, concern me. I think unless you're getting D-hop, 
right? Devontae Adams. You're not going to get someone who's putting up top 12 numbers every single week. So I'm going to take uh, Keenan Allen's top 12 six weeks and bottom 44 six weeks just because you know he's good enough to excel even if he's having weeks like that. It just happens with some players. But with Keenan Allen, we've seen him consistently perform. And if Mel goes out, last year's target share jumped from 28 to 34%. His receptions went from six per game to eight per game. Mm. His PPR points per game went from 16 to 22. Oh, talk dirty to me, Jason. So in if the we're third talking, round? Woo! If we're talking benefit with Melgo being out, it's Keenan Allen. And even if Melgo's in, those are still good numbers. So I think third round, Keenan Allen is 100. If you want to double-team running backs, right, you have the eighth pick. You go Connor and then D-Will in the second round. And then you get Keenan Allen as your wide receiver one. That is an amazing combo of three. It's especially because you're thinking about the turn here. In the beginning as well, if you're picking a guy like Ezekiel Elliott, Alvin Kamara in the beginning, you got yourself a stud running back, and then you could come back and get yourself two wide receivers, including Keenan Allen, that are going to be studs too. I think yeah. we're all happy with Keenan Allen. If you get like pick. Allen and Evans or T.Y. or something like that, mm-hmm. what? Those, that duo would be nuts. One guy that we're not too sure on, Mike Williams, 10 TDs last season. Uh, your boy Cole. 11. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my Jigga impression. You did, you did. Uh, <laughs> in only 43 receptions, so get this, one-fourth. Of his receptions were touchdowns. Pretty insane. Madness, in in fact. That's exactly why I'm not fully warmed up to his ADP yet. Thank Hmm. you. Finally, someone's on board with Going in the fifth round right now. I have not owned... Actually, I ended up getting Mike Williams in the Scott Fishbowl just because this is what I say. I don't like... I don't hate players. I hate ADPs. He fell to me in the middle of the seventh round, so I was like, I'll take a chance here. But look, Mike Williams... 43 receptions, 11 touchdowns. There is no way. His expected touchdowns for that many receptions are cut in half. Yes, he gets work in the red zone. Yes, he's a huge target. But Hunter Henry's back, who's also used in the red zone. Facts. Uh, And 664 yards on top of that is nothing to write home about either. So 43 and 664, if that was his line with five touchdowns, he's going nowhere near where he's going now, in my opinion. Okay, that is a good point. But at the same time, no Terrell Williams. In, in the building. Hunter Henry's back, though. Hunter Henry is back, but, I mean, it's a different situation because Mike Williams is going to be the number one guy out wide. You want a number one guy out wide when you're talking about a guy with Phillip Rivers, who we'll get to in just a second. I think Mike Williams, I you're right, I don't like his ADP, but that doesn't mean that he can't be a good player this year. Yeah, I agree. I think his ADP is where if you take him and he doesn't break out and he produces a season like this, you're not super upset about it. But it's also at that point where you could get other good players where do you want to take the chance that Mike Williams breaks out this season? I'll touch on Philip Rivers while we're talking about Mike Williams because if you look at his true throw value, he was third last season, the third most valuable throw in all of the NFL. But he ended as the 11th quarterback. So he's wildly efficient in that Anthony Lynn, Ken Whitsonhut offense, but it's not a huge passing attack game. They have a good defense that keeps them from really having to run after players in the second half. So... That's about where he's been his entire career, too. So if you're looking at Phillip Rivers, we're looking at a quarterback 10 through 15. And if you're looking at that and you know he has an efficient arm, it's really going to come down to, is Mike Williams going to catch those touchdowns again? I don't think his yardage is going to meet where his ADP is at. So is he going to get 13 touchdowns? That's what you're asking yourself if you're drafting him in the fifth round. I mean, it's a good point. Uh, Phillip Rivers, let's move on to quarterbacks. Jason just touched on Phillip Rivers. I mean, perennial perfect late-round quarterback. I think. I mean, at this point, Philip Rivers for huge upside. Yeah, safety. At this point, he's a QB, low end QB one, high end QB two, streaming option in great weeks. I mean, if you, you have Philip Rivers, he's it's not a spectacular choice, 
but he's he's not going to lose you your week. If you're going no quarterback and you're drafting quarterback in the 10th through 12th rounds, I think Phillip Rivers is the guy you want to target. Uh, that's not a bad option. I'd rather right. have like Trubisky, Dak, but this guy's talking it's dirty good when to he have says Trubisky. Uh, let's move Ooh. on to his tight end. Hunter Henry is back from his knee injury. Are you confident that he can come back from this injury? Because Look, he had a he had a fantastic rookie season. And second season. And, oh, he had a fantastic rookie season and second season. But he wasn't used much in those seasons, as much as he That's should be used. Now he's going to be. Look, the thing about Hunter Henry, I'm a huge fan of him as a player, but his he missed the whole season last year, right? And his ADP hasn't moved. So he's being drafted last year, uh, this year, as he was last year prior to the injury. So people are just discounting the injury entirely, and they're discounting the fact that Mike Williams, who we just spoke about, is might take a huge step up this year, possibly. The discounting the fact that Keenan Allen is still there, discounting the fact that the running backs still got a bunch of pass game work. It's not they haven't had a tight end put up huge numbers since Antonio Gates's glory days, and that's because Antonio Gates is one of the best tight ends of all time. So I think he is being. I I don't love him at his ADP right now. I would call Hunter Henry's second year a huge year though. Five hundred receiving yards, about, and like five touchdowns. As a backup tight end, that's really good. Yeah. yeah. But it's just people are just discounting the injury entirely, which scares me. I might regret this, but besides Kelsey in the early second, Kittle in the back third, I'm not taking any of the top tight ends at their ADP right now. No Ertz? No Ertz. I don't don't trust Ertz. Ertz gets out. So many targets. He's going in the second round. I think that's too early for me. Um, OJ Howard, I don't trust yet. Arians has never used tight ends. Hunter Henry. Michael just raised all those concerns. He's going too early for me as well. I'm going to sit back. I'd rather take a 10th round pick on Trey Burton. So we've talked about all the position groups. So let's get to our final category. The one injury away category. There's always that guy who becomes an injury necessity. Jason, let's start with you. Who is the one injury away, just budding fantasy guy on this team? You know what? He's been a name in the NFL for a while. He's never had a real chance to shine. Going Travis Benjamin. Yo, we didn't mention him in the wide receivers. I really think that he has a chance to be like a streamer this year, moving into that number he two always, spot. He always has those couple of games where he scores like a 70-yard touchdown. Yeah. And if we're talking about the people in front of him, Mike Williams has had his injury share. Keenan Allen has had his injury share. And if we're looking at the rest of the depth chart, Artavis Scott, Jeremy Davis, Dylan Cantrell. Travis Benjamin is the most dynamic ro- person on that roster. All those guys were either late-round draft picks or UDFAs, not even necessarily by the Chargers. I'm pretty sure the Jets had Artavis Scott at one point. So if we're looking at Travis Benjamin, who put up 567 yards and four touchdowns a couple years ago when he was thrust into a second role mm-hmm. uh, part-time, we're looking at a guy who can make some noise, especially as a deep threat for Phillip Rivers, if Allen or Williams go down. Most probably Williams, because then he'd really be the number one spot. In the on the outside, Michael, who's your one injury away guy? Mine is uh Detrez Newsome, because all these people who are on the Justin Jackson bandwagon and the Austin Eckler bandwagon. I'm a huge Austin Eckler guy, but look, Austin Eckler has been more of a slow uh a change of pace back in his career. Who knows if he could withhold a full season of uh of health if he gets hurt? I expect Newsome to basically step up and be the one A one B with Justin Jackson, or if Jackson gets hurt, 1A, 1B with Eckler. If both of them have to spend time, Detroit's Newsome, he, he's undrafted. He, it's not like this guy has a huge pedigree, but the Chargers offense is a haven for running back success. So if there's an injury there, Detroit's Newsome might be a big waiver wire It's target. interesting. I personally don't think Justin Jackson is that good. 
I'm going. So I'm not a huge Justin Jackson guy. Well, either. you're gonna hate what I'm about to say. I think Justin Jackson's my <laughs> one injury away I mean, from being a fantasy superstar, kind of. Because look, if Austin Eckler gets hurt and Melvin Gordon's holding out, like Michael just mentioned, they have an undrafted free agent rookie behind him. So if they can teach him how to catch the ball, if he could become, the, if he can make that part of his game, the sky is the limit for Justin Jackson. So I think if Eckler gets hurt in front of him, which he's a little guy, it's a possibility. And there's a reason why I didn't put Eckler here, because I think if Justin Jackson gets hurt, Eckler's not going to step into an every-down back role. He's just not big enough. Then it's Michael's guy. Well, was Justin Jackson, he was either a seventh-round pick or undrafted, so he's in the same boat as Detrez Newsome. Well, which he, is another reason why I don't understand year. how people are just putting him ahead of Austin Eckler. It blows my mind. Well, that was fun. That is our first uh, heat, wave. heat wave edition. Remember, follow us on Twitter, at Tim Patrop, at Mike Patrop. Yep. At Jason Patrop. Oh, I'm Mike underscore Patrop. You got to get rid of that underscore, bro. Someone owns Mike Patrop without any followers or anything. Justin Jackson, seventh round pick. Well, there you go. So we're going to be coming to you with the divisions in order. We can't wait to get to the next one. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Peace out. Later. Later.